Hey, happy Monday. Welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0 edition of the 5 Tool Baseball Podcast. I'm joined once again, as always, uh, by Drew Bishop. And uh, we're over to 15,000 download mark. Thank you to everybody that's been tuning in and listening. Uh, now we're at the 50 episode mark. Drew, did you ever think we'd reach 50 before they canceled us? Uh, no. No. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if they'd cancel us, but I just didn't know if anyone would listen and but we at least we've got some listeners. Some we do. That, we do. Yeah. yeah. We, we really appreciate all the, the, those of you that consistently tune in and listen. And uh, uh, it's been fun to watch the downloads um, definitely exceed our expectations and, and the people that tune in. And um, I don't know about you, Drew, but still I, when I'm on the road at games and stuff, every so often somebody will come up and say, Hey, really like the podcast. And we got, we got a Tom house retweet what was yeah. that on Saturday? That, like yeah. Tom house retweeting somebody that had some nice words about the podcast, the, the goat himself. That was a, that was a really cool thing for us. I know, I know we're big fans of, of Tom and the work he does and things like that. So uh, yeah, thanks again to everybody for tuning in. And uh, I know it's definitely exceeded our expectations and, and we're happy to do these because uh, um, we've seen a lot of baseball and we're going to talk a lot of big, a lot about a lot of big names. Uh, but first off, it feels like so much has happened in Major League Baseball. March Madness is going on. This is a really exciting time of the year to just uh, just be a sports fan. I've got my five tool gear on like always, but got to rep the Red Sox today. Irving, Texas native Trevor uh. Story signing with the Boston Red Sox. Um, he's going to play second base, although he's defensively a better shortstop than Xander Bogarts, but Xander Bogarts is very much a, Hey, I'm playing shortstop. So it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic there, but it's insurance. If Bogarts opts out after this year, story could slide over the shortstop, but I, I'm getting way too deep into this, but uh, there's been so many like just wow moments of, of major league baseball free agency, Carlos Correa going to the twins. Uh, did not see that one coming at all. When I got that alert on, on my phone, very, very late at night. Um, you know, the Phillies loading up on guys. It's been, it's been wild. It's, it's been all these trades that are happening. Um, it's been as people thought it would be with kind of this NBA feel um, to the condensed baseball offseason coming out of the lockout. And we've got spring training games going on. A lot of great pitching matchups today. Well, it's crazy. Like I, I said, this is somebody the other day. I'm not sure like all the stuff going on with the trades and transactions in MLB and NFL at the same time, like, I love both of those things and mm -hmm. I can't make up my mind whether I hate or love them go both being at the same time. Um, I mean, it's just con I mean, there's some big transactions going on that aren't getting attention uh, stuff that would normally be like the main story of a cycle over the course of a couple of days is like on the back burner. Yeah. Um, you know, like I feel like the Korea thing hasn't gotten a whole lot of pub compared to what it normally would. Right. I mean, you, you got it, it is amazing how much the NFL is stealing the headlines, though. Yeah. With all yeah. the with all the quarterbacks and Devontae Adams, and I mean it, it's it's crazy. Like if you put your phone down for a little bit, it there's no telling how much or how big of a move you come back to when you get back to the phone. I know, like a couple of nights, I went to sleep early last week. And woke up to all kinds of stuff having yeah. happened. So, but anyways, I was just going to say the exact same thing. Like, I feel like, you know, when I was at a couple of games um, Thursday um, and then another one, no, excuse me, on, on Friday, um, no, Thursday and then Friday, 
I felt like I'd missed so much in the, in the news world, like just, just stuff that was just going on like crazy. But like you said, yeah, like my Steelers have gone out and spent a ton of money, you know, a ton of that cap space. And, you know, Miles, you text me about Miles Jack and, you know, they're adding guys to the offensive line, the Mitch Trubisky deal. And like, I feel like that's like, there's just so much. Going. I, I, I like it now, but I would prefer it when they're their own separate little bubbles that I can kind of hone in on. And uh, yeah, cause like you said, I mean, there's just a, a bunch of crazy stuff going on in the NFL, a bunch of crazy stuff, with major League baseball. I think people are still stunned about the Korea news that yeah. it, it hasn't really gotten the, the buzz. Um I think it maybe typically would have a part of that's Minnesota. And it was very Scott Boris ish that the contract was structured to where he barely beat Anthony Rendon's average um, annual value to become the highest paid infielder. I mean, that's what Scott Boris does. He just keeps resetting yeah. the market over and over again, but a lot of crazy stuff going on, but uh, we could saw you, a lot. Of- could you, could you imagine if Twitter wasn't a thing and like you just woke up and read this all in the newspaper one day? I like I don't know if it'd be better or worse like better from maybe the standpoint of you could just like know that um during other parts of the day you would just be jonesing for news but you wouldn't have any access to it so you'd probably get a lot more done um but it would just be like this total overwhelming amount of information in a short period of time that you're just having to read about um you know, the Twitter buildup helps because you kind of see the reports of, of what's happening and what could kind of like Ken Rosenthal was really heavily hinting at Trevor's story in the Red Sox. And, um, you know, there's some people that kept hinting that the twins were going to go in after a big, big thing. But I feel like the Deshaun Watson thing came out of nowhere. I, I, I didn't expect that. Well, at all. I they like were the Devontae, Devontae Adams thing kind of came out of nowhere, too. That, after, that was after probably, Rogers went back to the Packers. Yeah, that was probably the most unexpected thing from all last week. It'd be interesting to know, too, like, let's say Twitter didn't exist. How many of these moves would have actually happened like they would? Because you feel like a lot, especially you see it in recruiting a lot in the football world. Like, I feel like a lot of guys overreact to what's out there on Twitter and like go the other way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, things would happen differently and people would end up going to different places if Twitter wasn't a thing. Cause like, yeah. I think, you know, sometimes like, you know, it gets out that a guy's going to commit or something and it just turns him off and he ends up going somewhere else because he wants the moment or whatever it is. So I, it'd be interesting to see how different these transactions would end up if, if there was no such thing, but We'll never, we'll never know. Let's talk. About yeah. No, yeah. It's a good point. But uh, yeah, we, we've got a lot of big names on the list here and we'll start with you. Like we kind of referred to him as, as the white whale. Um, you made the trek to Midland uh, cold and windy Midland yeah. to go see LSU signing in the 22 class chase shores um, big right-hander. We'd, we'd heard that like, Hey, this guy's added some muscle um, that he's really physical um, because he kind of had that build in the summer to where you knew that he was going to add on. Um, it was just right. a matter of filling out and kind of maturing physically and things like that. Um, sounded like he's definitely a physical presence on the mound, but you went out and got some eyes on Chase Shores. Uh, wh- what did you think after getting a look at him and, and surviving the the wind storms and, and the cold yeah. temperatures? Well, I knew it was going to be windy. I talked to the uh, friendship head coach. The game was in, in Wolford. So I was checking in with him that morning and he was like, Hey, just a heads up. It's going to be pretty windy. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, isn't it always? And he's like, no, 
it's going to be windy. And I was like, Oh boy. Uh, okay. Um, so sure enough, it lived up to that and it, it kind of fell in the category. You couldn't take a whole lot, um, from either team just because of the conditions. Um, but that being said, you saw Shores do everything that you would want him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of had a tough situation because the top of the first seemed like it must have been 30 minutes. And he was and he was the, uh, on the visiting team. So he sat for a while before oh, coming yeah. back out, um, but was up to 93. You know, I know that's not as hard as he's been, but totally understandable with the weather, the way it was. Um, ball came out good. Through some good breaking balls. Um, everyone in attendance seemed to agree that the breaking ball is showing stuff that it hasn't before. So that's a plus for him. Um, and he threw some good change-ups. You know, a lot of the times we we sit here and lament over the fact that some of these really high-profile guys that don't throw real hard don't get to throw change-ups in some of these high school games because they don't need it. And it's actually a detriment because it yeah. might be the only thing that the other team could catch up with, but he threw some right on right changeups. And I'm always mm-hmm. a big proponent of that. Um, just because it, I mean, I watched it in college. People don't hit that. Well, they're not used to seeing it for a while, yeah. uh, but he was impressive. You know, and the first thing that stands out, you know, pun intended is how tall he is, how big and physical he is. I, I had a picture of him going into it of being a little bit more lanky, but mm-hmm. he is not like he's filled out and it's, it's a good, it's a good filling out. It's not just adding weight. It's adding good weight. Um, and, and he repeated well for someone his size. So I came away really impressed with him again. I know that the velocity has been higher already this year. Um, and consistency of different off-speed stuff has been better at times. But, you know, again, I chalked most of that up to the conditions. Yeah. And he kept throwing it in there, kept attacking, um, didn't get too high or too low. Um, and, man, I, I, I was impressed. I mean, I think, you know, he after especially after watching LSU play this weekend some, like he's a guy that if he does end up in college – will pitch a lot early. I think, I mean, maybe even as go as far as to say he could have a real good chance to be in the rotation next year for LSU. Now that's without knowing what happens in the portal and everything, but um, there's definitely, definitely a chance. Um, But really impressed. One thing I've never seen in a game before, but um, the majority of one of the teams took infield without hats on because they literally were not going to be able to keep, keep them on. Oh my it, was, gosh. It, was, it was amazing. Oh. Like, so it, which it way was the wind blowing? Like out to right. Okay. Um, yeah. It was blowing out to right. So against the pitcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing that like when it's blowing that hard, like yeah. that can negate, you it, know, how yeah, hard I mean, the guy can throw. The guy, the one of the pitchers for friendship didn't have quite the velocity. And like you could see now this wasn't so much the case. I mean, he was visibly affected, and mm-hmm. you know, I can't blame him. It was just one of those types of games where you can't hold anything against anybody, um, just because the conditions were so bad. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, he threw a couple balls and warmups that were like knocked down by the wind, like pitches Sheesh. that looked like they were being knocked down by the wind. So, um, but there's some good players for, for friendship. That was my second time to see them. A couple young guys are pretty good. Um, Hutchinson, the sophomore outfielder is good. Colton Kaiser, who's, uh, committed to Texas state played center field. He's good. Um, I, they didn't wear the same uniforms I saw him wearing in the tournament. They have these pretty sweet, uh, kind of like the old Miss baby blue wish 
I'm going to say that. No, oh, nice. Color, the color yeah, blindness like is going to be wrong, but it's got the bluish tint. I do know yeah. that. But yeah, but it was, it was a good trip. Got to see shores. Um, and you know, that was our white whale. So now we can, now we can focus efforts elsewhere and not try to do everything in the world to get to see him. Yeah. And, and to get out and see him live for the first time. And to put our dedication into perspective, you had some, you had a rough go <laughs> on the way back with, with, the, with the tire. Yeah. Um, going up and back from Dallas about six ish hours, both ways in the same day and then getting a flat tire. Uh, luckily I was able to make it to a gas station and sit there and wait for AAA to come. But I pulled into my dad's hometown of Sweetwater, Texas at about 10 PM on, uh, on, on Thursday night. So, but food wise, um, did try a little, I think that there's a few of them out in West Texas, a burger place called, uh, Hef's. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, that sounds solid. like a good burger name. That's that's yeah. the, you hear that name. You're like, I bet they have a good burger. So, solid. So I, I, instead of getting fries, I went with getting a burger and a chicken sandwich. Um, both good, both solid. Uh, you know, it was funny. I'd actually, it was right next to a Whataburger and I had actually eaten at that Whataburger. It's like in the middle of nowhere. But mm-hmm. coming back from Lubbock, probably three or four years ago, stopped at that same Whataburger. But Hest was good. I get, I, I, I would eat it again. I would eat it again. Good. Oh, that hey, that's a good endorsement. Um, so yeah, we've we've got Shores and uh, uh, credit to you for for making the trek out there. I got excited because I thought he was going to pitch at San Angelo Central, but as we talked about. <laughs> Where he's pitching in district play now, he actually would have missed that game because San Angelo yeah. Central is only about three and a half hours from my house, which is obviously very, very yeah, cool. only yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. When you're talking about Midland and, and all those other, like yeah. Lubbock and all those other places, uh, yeah, three and a half hours is uh, is is a quick drive for sure. But um, I got to give a shout out to Jay Slavayet because I you, you know me, you know there when I used to drive around to high schools, when I worked at orange bloods and watched football, it used to be the running joke. Like I always text you like, Oh my gosh, this guy's hurt or this guy's not playing or, or mm-hmm. like something happened. I just, I felt like curse at some point. And I've started to kind of feel that way about the senior class. Like there haven't been many guys that just like, like they haven't been bad but there haven't been like many, Oh my God, like performances from, from the seniors. When I go see them, it's like, I'm starting to think in my head, like, am I a curse? Like what's going on here? Like chase, like, you know, poor chase Morris starts the game Tuesday for, for Tom ball. And he has to leave after two innings with an arm injury. And, you know, he was in a sling on, on Thursday when I was out there watching them again. And uh, I, I hope everything's okay with him, but you know, that's, I was like, man, I was really looking forward to seeing him pitch and swinging the bat and things like that. And, but, you know, I went to go see Jason Lavalier and Tompkins because, you know, going back to the curse thing, I was supposed to watch Cinco Ranch and Katie uh, because I wanted to see Zach Royce pitch out of the bullpen. Been hearing a lot of good things about him. He was supposed to close that game because they had a bigger gap in, in the district schedule. Um, you know, it's supposed to close for Cinco Ranch and playing a Katie team that has a lot of really strong underclass players. Um, and it's light drizzle, might rain later, and Katie and Cinco Ranch bang the game. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I text a couple – I text um, a, a scouting buddy who's over watching um, Tompkins, which is about 20 minutes away. I was like, hey, are they, are they playing? He goes, yeah, they're still going. I was like, well, okay. I'll drive over there, and uh, they're playing Morton Ranch, and 
Morton Ranch is totally overmatched. They, they just they just do not have anything close to the talent level that Tompkins has. Um, so I'm thinking, well, I've got to see somebody do something this game, you know, because if I don't see it happen this game, I am a curse. Um, sure enough, Jason Valiette's first at bat I watch. He hits a, an opposite field homer over the left center field wall. Just missed another homer later in the game with a triple. Um, Jack Little had a really loud triple. Um, he was actually 4.28 down the line, and it was kind of a muddy box, and he kind of slipped initially. Um, he can really, really run. I, I, I still think, you know, we've got him rated really highly. Um, I, I still think that he's a guy that's kind of flying a little bit under the radar, which you kind of look at his tools and in, in the run and, and the hit, and there's some power. I think there's, there's pr- probably present average power in there, um, maybe a little bit more raw. Um, maybe it's because he plays so much first base for that high school team, just because they need a guy over there that can catch the ball and they have the luxury of having Drew Markle at short and, and some of these other guys, but I don't know, man, there's, there's some loud tools there and he's, he's physical. I mean, he's, he's really taking care of himself in the weight room. So shout out to big Jason Lavalier, Texas A&M signing in the 22 class for making me feel better about not being a curse. When I go watch guys play, um, showed some of his power, um, handful of scouts are there getting a look at him. Um, physical guy. He, he's really starting to tap into that power even more. Um, probably a guy, probably a team I'll see play again, just because they have such a strong schedule and they have so many guys. Um, it's a good opportunity to see good on good. You know, maybe I'll go see Cinco Ranch when they play them later in the district play, but uh, maybe feel good about not being a curse because after watching Tom Ball and Tom Memorial, um, you know, I mentioned Chase Mora. Um, I, I think Jarrett Curtis is kind of in this headspace right now where he's kind of, um, seeking contact and hits as opposed to just really being himself in the batter's box. And look, that, that sort of thing happens, especially for guys that are as heavily scouted as, as he is being right now. Um, didn't see him swing and miss much at all. Um, made contact a lot, but it just wasn't the same type of swing and contact um, that we've been used to seeing, but still four Oh five down the line uh, made a really nice sliding catch in shallow center to close out a game. Tom Memorial swept Tom ball. And that's a big, um, big start to district play for Tombo Memorial to get that sweep to open up district play in that rivalry matchup. But, um, you know, Curtis showed his tools. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that once, once he start once it's, it's kind of those situations where just line one into the gap and it'll just everything will be okay from there. Um, but you know, Tombo Memorial, like Brian Panton saw him throw a complete game Tuesday at Texas state signing. We've seen him a lot. I, I think that he's going to throw a ton of innings for Texas state. Um, he is a starter to me when you consider that he can hold his stuff. He throws a ton of pitches for strike. His slider ticked up. I I know you look at the velocity. It's only 87, 88, but when you can change speeds as well as he can change speeds and throw strikes with as many pitches as he can, I think he's going to throw a ton of innings, um, at Texas state. I feel really good about that one. The Bobcats should be excited, uh, from that one, but you know, kind of going, you know, the, the more thing afforded an opportunity for a shortstop at Tomball, uh, Coleman Ryans, who's a sophomore, he was 401 down the line. And I went back and watched them again on Thursday. And I'm thinking, okay, like, was my, my stopwatch just like, was I a little, little, like what, what was going on here? But he was 411 on Thursday. So there's something there. He played shortstop as well as I've seen anybody play shortstop this season, regardless of classification. I mean, it's, it's range, it's instincts. Um, you know, I, I had a video on Jared Curtis getting down the line as first at bat. He got down at four Oh five. 
And like, it's one of those ones where I'm tracking it with the video. So I I'm, haven't quite seen the play live, but I go back and look at the video and I was like, he got thrown out by like three steps. Like how, who did that? You know, and I'm looking yeah. up, it's Coleman Ryan's playing shortstop. So really quick transfers and things like that. I think that that's a guy that's going to be, end up being a major D one prospect because you talk about that speed, that athleticism, he's a two sport athlete. Um, that type of transfer ability. I mean, we have a video of him making that play in the hole, deep in the hole at shortstop to throw out a runner at third. Fantastic play. Put put the ball in play. He hit leadoff for Tom Ball on Thursday. I think he's going to end up being a major D1 prospect. Um, Cade, I'm going to butcher this name. Arambide? Arambide? Arambide. Arambide. Oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't close. Uh, 2024 Florida committed catcher. I saw his batting practice, and it's fun. Um, there's a lot of juice in that bat. Um, there's some, you know, the pop time was one nine zero for in a warm up. It's a really strong arm, but there's also a guy that he hasn't seen a lot of spin, um, in his varsity life, uh, both behind the plate and in the batter's box. But man, if he gets a barrel on it, it's going to go. I think that he's going to end up being a, a plus raw power guy. We'll see how much he gets to it into games, physical player. Um, you can see why Florida jumped on that one early on. Tom Ball's got a couple of other interesting guys as well. Hayden Hansen, who's a senior going to Central Missouri, was really impressed with him. Two-pitch guy, probably profiles as a reliever there, but uh, fastball up to 87. Slider was a really good pitch at 77-78. Um, Cade Daniel, lefty, kind of flashed a three-pitch mix. That's, that's going to be a guy that D1 coaches probably track. Um, Thomas Williamson, we heard a lot about things about him in the fall with the velocity way up. Um, he was only about 82 when I saw him. But he did show the splitter a lot, and it got a lot of swings and misses. So he's going to be an interesting player to follow for sure. And uh, shout out to Bryson Sellier, an uncommitted uh, 22 third baseman from Tombo Memorial, hit a bomb in that Thursday game, put the ball in play hard a few times. Um, that, that looked like a guy that, that needs to find a collegiate home because he can swing the bat a little bit, a uh, physical guy that's got some raw power in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, talking a little bit about the curse, I, I dodged a bullet on Tuesday. I was going to drive over to Rusk to see J.D. Thompson throw. And I got about 15, 20 minutes in and a buddy of ours, scout that was heading that way, called and was like, hey, uh, they just canceled the game. And I was like, wow, I'm really glad you called because <laughs> you just saved me about two and a half hours, both directions. Uh for no game. Um, but he, uh, JD Thompson ended up throwing on Wednesday against Bullard. Um, yeah, kind of the same deal. They were supposed to play spring Hill. So I was like, Oh sweet. I'm gonna get to see him and Lipsy, but they ended up changing the schedule, played Bullard. And then the following, it was like, Oh, it's a double header. I was like, well, okay, well I'll stick around and see, um, see spring Hill with Lipsy and just see him play, even though it's two different games. And that turned out they switched it to that being the JV game. So I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to see Lipsy, but did get to see JD Thompson. Um, this was his first outing uh, coming back after a procedure that he had done, um, you know, kind of a, a scheduled start where he was going to throw 45 pitches. Um, 85 to 88 came out clean, um, looked good, definitely knows what he's doing, had a plan. Um Flashed a couple of good breaking balls and threw a couple of change-ups warming up that, that looked right. So um, impressed with him. Um, you know, he's obviously – he's overpowering at that level. Um, yeah. That was my se- second time to see Bullard, or at least part of the Bullard team, because when I saw him against White House, they were a split squad uh, that day. But co- Bullard's coached 
by Duke Ellis's dad, Robert, former big leaguer. Nice. Um, so good to see him. Um, they have a couple, you know, scrappy guys that play the game right. Um, and and they, they'll have a chance. Like, I know they have some young guys that are pretty good, too. So uh, it was good to see them. Good to see J.D. That was my first time seeing him live. Um, but I was impressed with him. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see where he is at the end of the season, where that mm-hmm. velo gets up to. Because, you know, he, like I said, he, he touched 88 um, a couple of times. But it was, you know, it, it was it was obvious that he was getting work in. Um, didn't overthrow, which is always good. Um, you know, got to watch him warm up pregame and, and flashed everything you think that you'd want to see from him. So it was good. Good to get out to East Texas again. Um, and then, uh, those game, the Bullard game and the friendship game against legacy and shores was, that was sandwiched in between the two Rockwall and Heath games. Um, you know, the, I, it's so different. You know, I know it wasn't this way when we play, but now they usually play on a Tuesday and Friday in district against the same team. So, which, yeah. which I like, and it makes sense because then, you know, you can't manipulate your pitching, you know, based on your schedule and all that. So it was good, but it was good to see both of those games. Um, uh, whatever it is. I mean, obviously there's the, the crosstown rivalry, but those two teams just play insane games all the time. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as a, non-drama filled game between those two teams um but tuesday night over at heath uh good pitching matchup that day you got to see uh, hbu commit baylor bauman against macros uh from our 2355 list um it was good as a 1-1 game going in the sixth um then top of the sixth rockwell had a bases loaded two out scenario and questionable questionable strike three call to end the inning and then the kind of just fell off the the wheels fell off from there. They had a you know just kind of a, clunk, a clunky inning, gave up some runs, and Heath ended up winning five to two. But man, some 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 good performances from some young guys. That's um, what it looked like based on the, dude, the footage we got. Pearson Reebok, two thousand twenty four from Rockwell's a dude. Like he, yeah. this dude is it. Like he plays the game hard. Um, you know, if anyone knows his older brother, that doesn't surprise you. He's going to be huge. I think, mm-hmm. you know, his brother grew late. Um, but man, he came up with big hit after big hit in the two games. He hit a, hit a home run in game one on Tuesday, uh, just crushed the ball, hit another really hard line drive that Jet Williams, uh, stole from him. It was an, it like, it was a ball at the bat that not many people in this, in this state, at that age or making that play. It was a big mm-hmm. league play by jet um, jet ended up, I think he rolled his ankle. And so he's he going to miss a week or two, but uh, he ended up rolling his ankle in the Tuesday game. But after he rolled his ankle, got down the line at several people at him under three, seven on a ground ball. What? That was like, yes. From the right three, side. Seven. Yes. With Holy after after hurt. like it was it was off the bat it was a no doubt double play and he beat it out and like people were looking around going like wait a minute this can't be right and every like everyone that had something on it came to the same conclusion I mean it, like wow it was, yeah like I mean everyone looked at the, each other was like that didn't just happen but it did uh, after getting hurt too um, but Mac Rose was good. Um, you know, just kind of gutted through his performance. Uh, Braden made some play. Braden Randall's in the middle of stuff all the time. 
Johnny Lowe from Heath is just a ball player. Like the guy mm-hmm. finds himself in the middle of everything. He had a triple in the first inning to score the first run. Um, just, you know, hit a sprayed a ball down the right field line past the first baseman. Um, you know, just head is always in the game, you know, makes things happen. And like I said, he, he just he ends up being in the middle of everything. He came in in relief um, on the, in the Friday night game and got the win, um, had a couple big hits in that game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Reebok was good again on Friday. Uh, Colin Adams move in from California for Heath. So they started Tranberg. He started Tranberg and got pulled after in the middle of the third batter. And of, the, of the game? Of the game. Okay. And, Quick cook. And, yeah. And brought in Colin Adams from that, from that, uh, I think he, came, I want to say he came in straight from the outfield. But, anyways, he came in and just like kept him in the game, kept him in the game, just made some big pitches. Um, looked really good. I mean, stuff isn't overwhelming, but the guy competed is mm-hmm. bottom line. Um, and, yeah, a lot of big controversial plays in that one too. Uh, Braden. When you when off. you say when you say controversy, what which side are we sh- we shifting here? Both, both, both. Like, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, like some big time swing plays, more so than controversial. But yeah, I mean, there you know there were some calls that were debated both ways. Um, you know, like I said, there's just it's just drama. There's always something <laughs> going on in that game. Uh, but you know, Braden Randall gets on in the, I guess it would have been bottom of the ninth. Right. And still second. Of course. Steals, steals third. Of but course. Slides, slides past the base to, to be the, to be the second out. Oh as, no. Yeah. Turf, turf so, field. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It happens on turf yep. sometimes. Yeah. So just slid past it, man. It was, it was, it was tough. And then, you know, next guy gets on and then uh, Telia gets on and then Reebok hits a double, and they have to hold them at third. So runners on second and third is how the game ended after nine. It was like a four-hour game. Like, Jeez. it was it was crazy. And like like I said, you know, some of that times eaten up by there was some some arguing going on. Yeah, it just it was. I mean, it was it was heated, man. Like it 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 was wild as it atmosphere. should be. As it that's yeah. why it's that's why Both. it's like one of the premier games in Texas high school baseball. Right now, both games were sold out. Mm-hmm. Couldn't like you couldn't buy any tickets. There's standing room only. Um, I did. I was not able to sit down for a pitch of either game. Um, <laughs> At least so you finding somewhere, <laughs> yeah, so fi- finding somewhere to stand, like you know, we had some hindered views, but you know, that's that's what I expect from games like that. But it it, it was good. Like you mean to tell was, me they didn't have you like a reserved seat? Like did they at least have a reserved parking spot or something? Like. Like no, could no. they move the I, sta- I, could they move I, your statue out of the way so you can so sit there? I got it. so Heath was easy to park. Uh, I got there a lot. Well, I shouldn't say I got there earlier, but they have a bigger parking lot, um, and so I, I had no problems parking on Tuesday. But you, so this is funny. So they had Heath had softball and baseball going on, so people couldn't buy. You had to buy tickets online in advance. So you couldn't buy tickets for baseball because it was sold out, but people were getting online, buying tickets to the softball game that was going on and just walking over, like, you know, like you're in the same complex. So people were just going over, but it was wild. Rockwall. So I don't remember. Did y'all play JV games right before the varsity games when you were playing? Um, 
See, when I played, yes, I, I yeah, like because it I was different sometimes. days. I, we did it sometimes. I remember because we'd come back sometimes and we'd catch the tail end of a varsity game, like when we came back. So yeah, we 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 did that. Well, so the the game went a little long, but so I I pulled I literally the last parking spot in the parking lot and on Friday, and that was a legitimately an hour and fifteen minutes before the game. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I mean, some of, but it was, it was cool because the, the, I mean, the stands were completely full for the JV game because yeah. people were trying to get there and make sure that. that yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they either loved it or were scared to death of it. Right. So I, think there, too, yeah. I think there was a little bit of both, but yeah, no, you could tell that some of the JV kids weren't used to being heckled in game, <laughs> but <laughs> like it, kids. like some, some of the heat, the Heath students had like filled up their little section of the stands and we're just like, you know, they got there probably like the fourth or fifth inning of the JV game and we're just letting some of the kids have it. I felt bad for them, but oh, it was poor, it was, poor JV. So, so Reebok, we're giving the 55 approval for him when we do that list. Yeah, he's this. That's one I would fight you on. Yeah, he, he that, was not, but I mean, like, the guy, like, there's just everything to like about him. I mean, he, I've seen him pitch, play second, play third, play outfield. Yeah. Some people think he'll be the shortstop whenever Braden graduates. You know, knowing what I know about the family, like, you know, the, the makeup's right. He's yeah. tough as nails. Well, like, I mean, and, the dude, and he's like, I mean, like, this dude's hitting D1 pitch, like left-handed D1 pitching as a left-handed hitter. I mean, he's yeah. in bombs. Yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's he, pretty – that's a pretty loud statement when you do that and you, you hey, hold that he, part of the that spot in the lineup for that kind of a team. One of his most impressive at-bats was a walk that was like – he fouled off a bunch of pitches mm-hmm. in like a huge situation in the game on Friday and just battled and battled and battled and then laid off a – Left, left, three, two, curveball, or like some sort of breaking ball that was a good pitch. Mm-hmm. And it, I was like, man, like that's mature. Like you don't, you don't yeah. see that. And you can tell he plays with fire. He doesn't back down. Like, I mean, he, he was, he was really, really impressive, you know, and he has been all, all spring so far. And I've seen them quite a bit, but, you know, just you can't find anybody that doesn't speak highly of him. Yeah. So he just falls. Yeah, he's, he sounds like he's got a lot of a lot of Braden Randall um, similarities for for sure. But yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, tough, hard nosed, play the game right, left handed mm-hmm. hitter. Um, have older brothers that play baseball in college. So I mean, just a lot of a lot of similarities. But both good players, and I'm excited to see Pearson keep growing and getting better. Yeah, no, it, it's it sounds like there's a lot there. I mean, I, I saw some of the clips that we got from him swinging the bat. I mean, that's you like the swing from the left side, like the like you said that he, he's probably going to grow into a physical guy. But you know, you start hearing a lot of times about these these underclass players that just understand how to play the game and, and play the game in those types of environments. Like that's that's a that's a big deal, you know. <laughs> like that's they're there are road atmospheres in college baseball that aren't as intense as, is Rockwell and Rockwell Heath on a, on a Tuesday or a Friday in district play. Like there are a bunch in the big 12, there are a ton in the pac 12 um, yeah. that, that, uh, that, that high school environment is a little more challenging than those road environments out there. So that's, that's, that's really good stuff. And uh, one of the fun things about getting out to all these games for, you know, our future 24 list when we get around to doing that is, you get to see so many of these guys. So we're, we're going to feel like we're so much more ahead of the game 
uh, with mm-hmm. those 24s. It's, it's one of the things that I've really enjoyed. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that weren't completely under the radar, but, you know, you know how it is. Some guys right now are more famous than other guys, but you see some of the other right. players like, wait a minute, like this, this guy's, this guy's a really, really good player um, as well. So, you know, speaking of those, those 2024 guys, um, I went to go see Case and Evans pitch for St. Pius um, on against St. Thomas and watched them on Friday. You know, the weird thing about spring break is there are all these different games at different times and the weather in Houston kind of threw my schedule for a loop once, you know, I planned on seeing Jacob Scholes pitch for Memorial, but he pitched earlier in the week to open up district play. And I was like, oh crap, well, I got to find a pivot away from there. And then the Katie Cinco ranch ran out. So I uh, messaged Case and Evans like, Hey man, you throwing? Cause you, <laughs> That was about 10 minutes from where we were staying. We, we, uh, Liz and, and Jack actually went down to Houston too with my sister-in-law and, and her little kid. And, uh, kind of, they kind of make it made a weekend out of it to change things up because they are off from daycare and stuff. So we were staying down the Montrose area in Houston and in St. Thomas is only about 10 minutes from there. I was like trying to find a game. I was like, Hey, Casey, you pitching? Got the yes. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to go check this out mm. for sure. Cause we'd heard some really great things about him. We had some video from one of his earlier starts and man, it, it lived up to the hype for sure. I mean, coming out 92, 94 in the first holding 90 in the fifth through complete game. Cause they ended up run ruling St. Thomas. Um, it's not just velocity. It, it's actual feel for stuff, actual feel for pitching. There's legit change up feeling there. That was against swings and misses against lefties. Um, there was an understanding that he threw that more often against lefties. Like there's a clear plan there. Um, the slider really flashed. It, it, it popped out of the hand occasionally, but again, that, that happens to major leaders. Like it's going to happen sometimes when you throw a slider with that, that sort of fastball arm speed and that, that conviction and things like that. But it really flashed as a swing and miss pitch at times. Um, the heater had some life to it. He, he mixed in some sinkers occasionally. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of, of pitch ability in addition to, you know, the stuff and just simply throwing hard. Um, he's athletic. Um, he's going to fill out through more through the upper half. I think he'll end up growing a little bit more as well. And Oh, by the way, he went three or four in the batter's box as well with a couple of really loud base hits. Um, there, there's a lot to like, I left thinking that if there's a better 2024 pitcher than, I need to see it. Uh, I know there's oh, – what's the kid's name down in San Antonio that's committed to Vanderbilt? Um, might be like Tristan something, Tristan Burroughs or something like that. Um, he's uh, supposedly got that kind of reputation too, and I'm hoping to see him before the high school season ends. But Casey Evans was a lot of fun, man. And there's a kid at 40, Aiden Sims, who is a really big-time guy uh, participating in the area coach. Tristan stuff Bristow. Bristow, yes, that's right. Bristow and Aiden Sims and I already I've seen um, uh, Jake Neely, um, but you know Case and Evans it was a really loud performance by him. Uh, no doubt, fifty five guy. Once we once we do the fight till fifty five for the twenty twenty four class, um, he's going to be way up there. And uh, it seems like the the group of there's a group of arms from right handed pitchers in the twenty four class that are kind of starting to distinguish themselves. But um, you know, one of the good things about when you see a pitcher throwing that hard with that kind of stuff is you get to see if anybody gets on time to it. And, you know, St. Thomas has got a sophomore left fielder um, hitting from the left side, um, Jaden Deschatel, and he gets to the box leadoff, man. You don't like private school baseball. Like 
how often do these guys see this kind of stuff? Now in the Houston area, there's some there's some arms at the private school level. Second Baptist has some guys, uh, Concordia Lutheran, Lutheran South, but it's not often these guys are seeing low 90s velocity. Heck, anybody, a 6A guys often don't see low 90s velocity. And he got in the box first AB and smacked a loud liner, found a glove. But I'm thinking, well, okay, like no fear, get in the box, getting on time, that sort of stuff right away. A um, couple good at bats from him. I think that he's a guy that's going to have a chance to be a, be a D1 guy coming out of St. Thomas. Um, you know, Brandon Holly, a junior right-handed pitcher um big chested guy you can tell that he's got a lot of projection remaining he was up to 86 miles an hour i think he's got a chance to develop into a hard throwing right-handed pitcher and, and, and st pius had a couple of guys as well kyle winkler committed sam houston state uh, uh senior I, I think he's committed as a pitcher but he had a bomb from the left side that was a no doubter um miles daughtry uh tlu commitment a catcher in the 22 class um strong arm behind the plate physical guy there and Ethan McMinn uh 2024 outfielder kind of a utility guy plays all over the place but plays some outfielder for St. Pius um also plays football as well he had a double off the center field wall on the fly athletic little player kind of some twitchiness to him kind of a, a undersized but some of the, kind of that explosive strength um he's going to be a guy that followed for St. Pius as well I think he'll end up being probably a a, a D1 caliber player maybe more of the mid-major level but um, he can play. So it, it's fun when you see these matchups, you, you get some eyes on some of these 24s as well. And some guys, you kind of, okay, let's make a note of this guy and, you know, probably see him again this summer and see what happens there. But yeah, Casey Evans, man, he, he was the real deal. Uh, there, there's no doubt. There's a lot to work with there. Um, there's no doubt that, that the sky's the limit for that guy. And, you know, it just, people make a big deal out of velocity and fairly so, but I always am more concerned with, can you pitch, you know, what, 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 like you mentioned J.D. Thompson, like I think him coming out and bumping 88 first outing, great sign for him because we know that yeah. there's there's other ingredients there, that it's not just relying on velocity. Uh, with Kaysen Evans, he's going to throw harder, uh, but there's some real ability to pitch in there. I, I, I saw some of that with Jake Neely as well, San Antonio Clark. So um, fun to watch him. Uh, standout performance there, complete game, five innings. I think he had eight or nine strikeouts, a couple walks. Lost his control a little bit in the fifth inning, but that's to be expected when you're getting that pitch count up a little bit. But uh, a very, very excited player to follow in the 2024 class. Yeah, um, you know, moving moving back to the Metroplex, I got to pop over to Salina on Saturday, um, see three members of our uh, 2355 with Noah Bentley, RJ Ruai, Ruai, Ruai. Um, How's it feel right. to how's it feel? Yeah. <laughs> to not, to not, not good. We need, but we I need might every, be right, but I might be right. You might be. We need everybody that participates in the five tool summer event to give us a pronunciation uh, guide to their name. Like you get with the media guides, the major league baseball and college baseball level and stuff like that. So yeah, um, no, it, we'll, I, I'll have to mix that in. Hey, the, the Salina field is sweet. Like it, it looks, use, it looks pretty cool. We use them quite a bit in our events but i'd never been out there before and it, it is it is sweet um so noah bentley hit two more a, home runs he's apparently babe ruth this season from the sound of yeah it. that's well that's five home runs in two games or two in the in at least in one week so um yeah uh but one of them one of them was just barely got out of the fence one of them was a no doubter mm-hmm. um the thing that stuck out about him is he's athletic he's big he moves right um may have to talk skip into letting them swing the battle a little bit yeah um 
But the, I know I mean, we have we some. Know I know ball. we have some listeners from that coaching staff. Might be might be a two way play. They hey hey they champion two way players in dual sport guys as much as anybody in the country. So that, get, give yeah. Noah Bentley a bat for a few games. Yeah yeah. RJ RJ started the game. Um, was touched ninety a couple of times oh, from wow. the left okay. side. Yeah yeah no. Uh, repeated the delivery well um one of my favorite things is that like he just attacked with the fastball mm-hmm. like i mean he they they weren't catching up to it and he just kept throwing it you know there was no there was Nothing no messing around no yeah no trying to be cute um but just went right at him and you know as a result did well um you know salinas got a, a handful of really good players um you know caden mitchell is playing outfield they have another um they have another catcher um that's committed somewhere I, he's got another one of those names like ty martle johnny like it's it is this that was one of the more difficult ones that i've seen but <laughs> he, he handled he handled rj well um caden played right field uh caden had a couple good swings um a couple base hits uh from what i saw and then you know rj rj is the leadoff hitter um, and then they, they have a 24 shortstop that plays for the Tigers, uh, major Brynion, um, that great name. It's going to be good. Yeah, no, he's, um, they definitely, they definitely have some players. I think Stalin is going to have a chance to make some noise in the postseason this year, but sounds like well, you've got those guys yeah. in the rotation. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then, they, and they, they've got, uh, Zach Henderson, left fielder. Um, I like the way he moved around, had a good arm in left field athletic. Um, but they have a lot of guys, um, Especially for that level, I think they're four. Um, yeah, I think but, you're right. Hey, the uh, their football stadium is sweet. Like they they have this like this big indoor building, and they have this like seating. It looks like almost like Oklahoma. You're going to Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. basically what it looks like. But they have this cool little deck behind the end zone that's connected to their indoor facility. It's it's sweet, but. Um, Texas yeah, high school football in, indoor facilities at, at the 4A level. Oh, uh, dude, it's 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 <laughs> insane. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was good to get out and see those guys, watch them move around, and um, they lived up to everything that we thought. Um, and you know, those guys, those 23 guys, will be exciting to watch them over the next year or so to see if they continue to make jumps. But you know, they're athletic, strong, physical. Um, so. It, I think Salina's gonna have a chance, and they got some young guys too. So, yeah, they they should have a chance. Um, you know, anytime you got those two guys in the rotation, you got a guy like Mitchell and another catcher that can that can play. Um, I kind of you know that's that puts you ahead of the curve in most situations. Can you pitch? Can you catch? Um, can you hit a little bit? So they sound like they've got all their bases covered. But um, yeah, it's I mean, we we saw a ton this week. I mean, I am definitely glad this the spring break schedule is in the rearview mirror though because it's just that falling tournaments like trying to figure out games and pitchers and weather and i was like oh man i'm very much looking forward to the either the tuesday friday or the tuesday thursday or, or something like that so um but then again i'll be tracking the weather on thursday or on tuesday um because i'm I've, I've got a plan to go down the houston area and see a big time matchup but weather might kind of push me to san antonio so we'll see but uh mentioned a ton of names a lot of teams um covered a lot what already do you, what, what do you got on uh basketball um, basketball tournament yeah 
It's been like I, I saw a stat before the tournament that the opening round had more betting lines that were three points or less than the previous two week tournaments had combined. So in my head, I was like, okay, this could be as chaotic as I think because there just wasn't as much separation between the great teams um, and the lesser teams, but also in those like five twelves and six elevens and, and all those sorts of things. Like um, it's been like from what the, the games that I've seen, like I stayed up late watching the Arizona TCU game last night. Like that game was bonkers. The, the Memphis Gonzaga game was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately for the Longhorns, their season ended kind of how their regular season went. They had a massive scoring drought. They competed really well, uh, but ended up coming just short. It's kind of fitting into their season. Well, um, I mean, they, they it's just like they, they play the same game every game. Yep. They, I mean, how many would you say that probably since since conference started, I bet you they had more games than not that they had at least a five minute scoring drop. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's. I, yeah. I, yeah, I would man, definitely take the over on that. Yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, I think Purdue's got a chance now. They um, do. They do. I will say St. Peter, like in terms of their, the half court offense they run and stuff, like it's really, really good. I saw JJ Reddick commenting about it during their first round matchup when they beat Kentucky. Um, and I thought that St. Like going back and looking at some of the stuff, I thought St. Peter just flat out out coached Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's guards kept driving into a massive humanity in the paint because of the personnel Kentucky had out there. Um, you know, St. Peter, man, from watching them when they were playing their second round game, they were running some really good offense. But yeah, I, you know, Purdue. I mean, if you don't get to the Elite Eight now, like, oof. Um, you know, tough, tough time getting that opportunity again in the future but yeah it's been it's been crazy i mean tcu almost knocked off arizona baylor already got knocked out by north carolina and i i was following that game i, I couldn't watch it um but it just seemed like a, a crazy game but yeah the texas game that's that's how their season went they'd have a really long scoring drought um they'd fight and compete on defense they defended a pretty high level but it's just that, you know, especially when they settle for jumpers, that's they'd have a scoring job. That's what happened against Purdue. That and, you know, losing the free throw battle by, what, 35 free throw attempts, um, that doesn't help. <laughs> like, like, well, the, the crazy I thing mean, is like 47 or 46 to 12 free throw disparity. Like, but I the, saw the crazy, Christian, Christian, the crazy thing Corona, is- who I follow on Twitter, um, he went and found that I think that's the first time a game has had that kind of disparity since like 2017 or something like that. Like it's been a long time. I mean, it, even that said though, like I didn't feel like I disagreed with like that many of the calls though. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like it was like, I, I never found myself just being like overly yeah, annoyed by the call after seeing the replay. I mean, yeah. and part of it too, like, it, like I, that disparity shouldn't happen, but part of it too is that one team throws the ball inside on offense every possession, and, and the other team sometimes settles for mid-range jumpers every possession or, or three-pointers. Right. So there is that element to it. But yeah, I, I was just um, I was surprised it was that egregious. Um, if you would have told me like, hey, it was like thirty-one to sixteen, and be like, okay, yeah, I could see that, but. 46 to 12. I mean, it didn't help for Texas that they missed a bunch of front ends in the first half. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of played into it, but 
yeah, unfortunately for them, kind of a kind of a fitting into the um, to the season. Uh, just a, a weird season. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of it because I kind of needed to detox from Texas basketball. Because <laughs> um, like you know, as people were joking on Twitter, like you know, Texas fans, were like yeah, we should like, get like a an award for being Texas basketball fans. Like yeah, I should try covering it for over a decade. Um, but it just seemed like it just ended up, it was a weird year that chemistry issues all year and just very up and down and players. And it just was an odd year. We'll see what happens with the future then, but it's been a super exciting tournament. Um, I'm glad that, uh, who's your pick, who's your pick to win from here? Uh, Arizona looked pretty shaky last night. Zach has even looked even looks shaky. I've got to see who's like, who's still left. That's the thing is there's been so many, um, there's been so many teams that have gotten knocked out that like, is it, is it going to be, is coach K going to get his last hurrah? Like, um, like, see, I think Houston's going to flat out beat Arizona. Like the crazy thing about Houston too, is they've lost, they lost two key players earlier in the season. Um, I think they're going to beat Arizona. Um, Tech Duke, man, that's going to be a fantastic matchup in that game. Um, I think Gonzaga will beat Arkansas because those are two similar styles of play. Um, I think Gonzaga will end up beating them. Um, UCLA, I think UCLA beat Carolina. Kansas will beat Providence. I mean, Iowa State, Miami in the oh, Sweet 16 game. Um, I think UCLA is going to come out of that side. Kansas is going to come out of that side. Um, I'll say Gonzaga comes out of that side because Tech or Duke could win that game. Um, and then if it's Duke, I don't think they match up well with Gonzaga. If it's Tech, well, you see that's kind of a clash of styles. Um, and I think Houston's going to go to the Final Four. So I'll ride with Houston, Gonzaga, Kansas, and UCLA. Um, and then I could see UCLA winning the national championship the way they're playing wow. right now. Like they totally dismantled a really good St. Mary's team, really good St. Mary's team. And I, I don't, whoever comes out of St. Peter's Purdue doesn't really worry me for, for UCLA, but it's kind of weird. Like nobody's talking about Villanova like yeah. at all, you know, and they're yeah. sitting there in a two eleven matchup with Michigan, like and Villanova is really good. Like Connor Gillespie has been there. How many years? feels like he's on the Perry Ellis plan, but did you fill out a bracket? Like, you know, no. I, used, I used to be a guy that fill no. out like four. Uh, no. And then it was like last minute, I almost filled out one. Um, and even then it would have gone up in flames, I think. I, I would have definitely had Houston going pretty far. Because, I mean, it's you get in these tournaments, man, it's no coincidence that some of these coaches just win. You know, yeah. Kelvin Sampson's one of those guys. Um, Mark Fuse, one of those guys. Eric Musselman's one of those guys. Um, Mick Cronin's one of the, like some guys. They just know how to win. Like, unfortunately, Rick Barnes is not one of those guys. Like, uh. <laughs> you know, like, like I thought. Okay, Rick, Rick gets his high seed. You know, this is the only time he has tournament success, and they get absolutely throttled um, by a Michigan team who barely got in the tournament. So, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. But it's been it's been certainly exciting uh, for sure. Uh, a lot of chaos. Um, a lot of chaos, but oh, speaking of, reminds me of talking about Houston. Um, some eating down there. I, I went to two of my. Well, I didn't go to two of my favorite places, but um, Liz and her sister took the boys to Pinkerton's Barbecue when I was Ooh. at a game, and they were kind enough to make sure that there was some waiting for me in the fridge. And man, it's 
like I don't typically order turkey from barbecue places. I'm just not a big turkey eater. And part of that's because I don't feel like many people do it right because it ends up being dry. Right. Oh my God, his turkey is phenomenal. It's it's juicy, it's it's flavorful, it's so good. I actually got some boudin from the first time from there. Excellent. Uh, but the brisket, man, I'll, I'll put the brisket up there with anybody. Um, unfortunately, they, I did not get any pork ribs this time, which I think are, might be the best thing he does with the candy glaze, candy paint glaze on there. But, whew. and then like um, after uh, the little ones went to bed, I went out and uh, met a couple of, of uh, college friends at El Tiempo. Uh, I had to get Oof. my El Tiempo fix, which, oh man, got the fajitas with the butter sauce. Oh yeah. And All they're right. one of the few places that does the hot salsa with the chips. And I kind of like that they do that, but they've got that green sauce as well. But the combination of the tortillas and the butter sauce with the fajitas and oh man. So right. um, we, we, we got to wrap this up because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so two of my favorites and shout out to Mio coffee in the Montrose area. It's just opened up recently. They're a wine bar, but they also double as a coffee bar now. Um, they had an ice breva, which is instead of an ice latte uses steam milk, a breva uses half and half. Woo, really, really good. So good. I went back a second time in a row uh, to get my morning coffee before we went over to the Children's Museum in Houston, which is an outstanding children's museum. And then we hit the road back to Austin. So shout out to those places. But yeah, it's about getting lunchtime for you. So uh, we, we've knocked out a bunch of names and a bunch of stuff and covered a bunch of different things. Uh, episode 50 in the books. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. We're over 15,000 downloads. Uh, we really appreciate the support and uh, um, the interest level as we kind of go around and, and track the state. Midland, DFW, Houston, San Antonio, whatever it is. Uh, we've been all over the place this high school season already as district play is, is underway everywhere um, now. So really looking forward to see what happens in those races before the playoffs begin. Playoffs will probably be here before we know it. But um, thanks for tuning in. Until we talk to you all next time, have a good week and take care.